Today, we are going to take a journey into the real world and look at the history of Ishtar, goddess of desire, sex, fertility, war, justice, and the goddess of heaven. Yes, we recently watched the last episode of Damachi and we saw how Ishtar was, but what was she in real life? You'll find out that she had a lot of influence in a lot of history, as well as made orgies a thing. So, without further ado, here is IRL anime for Ishtar, Goddess of Heaven. Enjoy. So, Anna Ishtar is a Mesopotamian goddess associated with love, beauty, sex, desire, fertility, war, justice, and political power. She, but she isn't recognized as a mother goddess. A mother goddess would be someone who is seen to be a person who would give birth to other gods or give birth to other people. So... It's funny how she never was in a real relationship, but she was seen, you know, being the deity that controlled everything about relationships, sex, desire, uh, love, beauty. And the fact that she controlled political power meant that a lot of politicians were very, very, very associated with her, you know, being that they can go into uh, pushing law successfully. Um, she is associated with the planet Venus, and her abode is in heaven. Uh, now, the abode would mean where she lives. Now, symbols that's associated with Ishtar are a hook-shaped knot of reeds, eight-pointed star, a lion, or a rosé, or a dove. Now, this makes sense, being that she is the goddess of love and sex and desire and all that type of stuff, that these types of things would be um, associated with her. But... Not to mention, she is also the god of justice. So that means that um, the lion would be a great symbol of justice. Um, and you could say maybe the eight-pointed star will be someone of the political power. Um, but yeah, this... Now, around... Now, around the time... Around... 4000 BC, Anana was worshipped in Samaria at least early as the Urk period, which lasted 4000 BC to which lasted um, 31 BC to 4000 BC. So she had a cult prior to the conquest of Sargon of Akkad. No, I'm not talking about the YouTuber Sargon of Akkad. I'm talking about a Sargon the Great, as he was the one who was able to uh, take over the Sumerian cities and establish his own Arcadian Empire, or Arcadian Empire, I should say. So she changed into Ishtar around the time that the Arcadian Empire Empire had taken over. She was the most powerful god under the Sarganic era, becoming more worshipped, more worshipped, the the most worshipped deity in the Sumerian pantheon, or in this case, the Akkadian paragon pantheon. The cult of 
Anna Ishtar, which may have been associated with various sexual uh, rights. Now, a lot of sexual rights, um, these are short for sexual rituals. Now, some of these sexual rituals would be rites of passage. For example, if there are some of you who are young, it, back in those times, a man wouldn't be a man unless he had sex with somebody. Because what the ritual was trying to do was separate the child from the asexual civilization. Because children are asexual. And they were trying to introduce them into the sexual world. Because adults are the only ones who truly do have sex. I mean, that doesn't mean much anymore. But back then, it was little, like, it was where a child would have to have sex with somebody. Usually it was a boy. There are instances that I have found that there were girls that would do this. Usually they would have the boy and the girl together so that they would come up to, uh, with each other. Um, now, other versions of these rites of passage or sexual rites would also be um, marriage orgies where the bridegroom or the bride would allow, uh, would be given, would be the groomsmen will be given full permission from the groom to enact any sexual thing they wanted. And, of course, the consent of the bride as well. Um, so, these rituals were very, very sacred and seen as more of a worship toward the god goddess of love. It was like, by doing this, you were allowing your, your civilization to prosper and, however, a lot of people see this, and a lot of scholars see this as a way of mistreating the woman and using her as a pawn in a religious game. Which is understandable, because a lot of times these religions um, didn't have much, um, didn't have much, much knowledge as we have now. Um, they kind of were just making... That that was their way of interpreting how the world worked. They saw the woman as the mother, as the person who bared children. Um, now, there is um, a famous story that involves Ishtar going down to the underworld. And it's very, very similar to the one that Persephone has in the Greek mythology. Where she tries to save her sister um, or bring her back. But unfortunately, it doesn't work. Um, she, her sister, uh, unfortunately, um, has to stay down in and rule over the underworld. Now, her sister Aresigal, Aresigal is the un, uh, is the goddess of the underworld, the complete opposite of Ishtar. She is death destruction, all that type of things. Now, her husband, Dimizid, Dim uh, uh, stays with her for, um, the first for the first half of the year. He spends time with her sister-in-law, but then uh, Ganesha, Ganesh, Ganesh is his sister, and she will spend the rest of the year with um, with Ishigal in the underworld. Um, this 
is one of the this this particular story kind of made me think like this is similar to Persephone. Now, for those of you who don't know what Persephone, the story of Persephone is, I'll get it down real quick. Persephone was a goddess of fertility. She was a virgin. She was the daughter of Demeter, which was she was the goddess of fertility. She was the goddess of motherhood. But unfortunately. Persephone fell in love with Hades, and Hades took her for himself, and they became husband and wife. Now, of course, Demir did not like this, and she tried to free her daughter, but the daughter wanted to stay, and thus Persephone became known as the god, uh, the goddess of the underworld, or queen of the underworld. And for half a year, she would stay with Hades, and the other half, she would go up with her mother. So, it it's funny how a lot of these stories are starting to come together, and a lot of these stories are... are... Um, are kind of very similar. And I think that's very, very good, very, very good to think about because a lot of times it could be where as the times have changed many of these characters have become different different gods um or have converged as the generations have become have changed so um Ishtar becomes Aphrodite in the Greek pantheon then Aphrodite is condemned in the Christian um, Mythos as a demon, a seductress, a sort sort of a whore in a way. Uh, so it, it seems that all the way up to Christianity, when before Christianity came into to uh, fruition, she was one of the most powerful beings, most powerful deities in the entire um, Sumerian and um, Akkadian par- uh, pantheon, and. Th- and a lot of times, a lot of people would, I'm trying to get my words together here, a lot of people would worship her constantly. I mean, this is no joke. This is, these people really took her seriously. Now, the cult of Anna Ishtar, um, which I mentioned before, might have been, might have been, Introduced in the king in the kingdom of Judah during the reign of uh, Mansuel. Uh, now, she is mentioned in the Bible um, as um, in Jeremiah seven eighteen and Jeremiah forty four fifteen through nineteen mentioned as the queen of heaven, who's probably a synchronous of Anna Ishtar in the west of uh, the West Semitic goddess. Um, Jeremiah in that chapter sta- uh, states that the queen of heaven was worshipped by women who could bake cakes for her. Um, there are many, 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 many rituals where God, where I- I'm trying to look through my notes because there there's so many sexual rituals. Um, there were there were many men who would. Um, who would enact in many orgies, um, who 
who would they would be in this cult and they would constantly have sex it, it, it was just monstrous of how much sex these people had and think about it at that time where there was no condoms there was no protection so there was a lot of maybe diseases going around not to mention and i will mention this for those of you who are wondering if there was homosexuals sexual intercourse in these rituals yes those were encouraged as well um, those were encouraged. Any type of sexual um, act was was a, a kind of a way of honoring and sort of embracing her blessings that were being upon her in the Encadian pantheon. Um, it, it's it truly is something that this goddess is very powerful. She is very influential. And that she might even rival um, a lot of the goddesses, including Hera, who is the Greek goddess of Greek goddess of goddesses. And it's just, I can see why, you know, a lot of people might fear her because of how powerful she is. Like, for example, when we looked into the R&R, when the girls told her not to look at Belle, she has that much power where just a simple look, just a simple look, will make any man fall in love with her. And that is scary. That is very scary. Um... So yeah, I I can understand to a to a degree why she is jealous of Freya in the Damachi lore because Freya is an equivalent of who Ishtar is, and I might just do an IRL for her as well. So when you have, for example, when you think you're the only one that's on top, and then all of a sudden you see this equivalent, you know. Or, in, in her case, a person who was lower than her. She's done all these things. She has been more powerful through the test of time. And here's Freya just reaping the benefits, you know, uh, and doing absolutely nothing to earn it. But she's doing the hard work. Ishtar is doing the hard work. You can see from her perspective, it's a bit unfair for Freya to be on top of Babel, looking down at everybody while she... She, in her mind, believes I should be there. I ruled over over two generations of nations. Uh, I I went to the underworld and came back. So, not to mention she survived six diseases when she was down there. So it was very. So I I believe now knowing her lore, she can make a pretty good case. So this is a brief. Introduction to Ishtar. Um, I'm going to leave a lot of links, especially on Amino. For those of you who don't know, I'm on Amino. You guys can follow me there in the Damachi uh, group Amino for more information about Ishtar. I'm going to leave a link to the group. And I encourage you guys to read a lot about her because there's so many different versions of her lore that I can't capture them all in one, one podcast. But she 
has a lot of influence and knowing now what she's capable of i i'm a bit afraid for bell because she's now going to go trying to capture bell and try to take him for herself to make freya jealous oh boy this is gonna not end well but we'll see as the new episode comes out very soon i think i think tomorrow actually this is this is recorded on Thursday, so I think tomorrow is going to be the new episode. So we'll see then. But thank you guys so much for listening to the uh, IRL of Ishtar, um, and I'll definitely continue to leave more links for these IRLs because I really do want you guys to take a moment and look at these gods and goddesses and see um, what you don't get to see in the anime and what they really were in the real world. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys later. Bye bye.